Welcome to Bariatric Yarns, where we talk all things weight loss surgery. This season, I'm sharing my book, An Unexpected Journey, which is all about my first year of weight loss surgery, and I reflect on how much things have changed since the big day as I approach my three-year mark this December. Well, hello and welcome back to Bariatric Yarns. I'm excited to make it to another episode recording. Hopefully uh, we're not interrupted by any babies crying in the background. I hope you enjoyed episode eight. I feel like I waffled a lot in that, but I probably waffled a lot in all of my episodes, so we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going and pretend this is just how I am. I thought I would share with you, now we're in 2023, um, my plans for the year. So I decided to work on a couple of things. I mentioned my 23 things for 2023 in the last episode. I will share my 23 things in the next episode. I think let's just spread out, spread out the content because I don't do much. I don't have much to talk about anymore, but I will share my 12 months of 12 habits. So basically what I did was I went, okay, what is my overall goal? I talked a little tiny bit about this at the end of the last episode, but it is to feel good in my body and mind, and that means mobility, strength, pain-free energy, and waking up refreshed. And then I kind of mapped out, well, what behaviors would I need for that? A morning, a night routine, water, protein, veggies, movement, rest, recovery, connection, boundaries, learning, and creativity. So these are all the things that I think I need to feel good in my mind and my body. And then I thought, all right, let's turn these into habits. And I decided to do 12, 12 months, 12 habits. And the goal is to work on one habit at a time. And only move on to the next habit when I've mastered the first habit. And if I stop doing something, I go back to whatever habit I need to go back to and and start focusing on that. So mastery is, it feels comfortable, it feels normal. It's like brushing my teeth, it's something I do every day, right? So my, my 12 habits, and these are in the order that I want to work on them. And I've put them in this order based off my current goals and needs and really prioritizing. And I've tried to do like something that's I I think is quite hard, hard, and then something that's a bit easy, hard, and then something that's hard, hard, and then easy, hard. So I'm kind of giving myself a bit of a break and some ebbs and, and flows in there. So the first thing is to move my body 20 minutes a day. And when I talk about moving my body, I literally mean movement. So it could be me cleaning, gardening exercising, walking, doing yoga, anything that requires me to be moving, 20 minutes plus per day. My second one is daily vitamins and probiotics. Terrible with my vitamins since having the babies. I was exemplary before that, Um, but since having them and probably not prioritizing myself, I've just pretty much stopped taking them. So I need to get back on to the vitamins and the probiotics. I, I found a really good probiotic while I was pregnant. No, after, actually, after I had the babies. 
um, and it's really affordable because I find them quite expensive, um, really affordable. And it's the first one I actually noticed a real big change um, on my guts and to be honest, on my poos. Um, so, but yeah, I kind of ran out and I haven't restocked. So getting into the daily vitamins and probiotics, I know that one, once I get into the routine, I'll be sweet with. The third one is protein with every meal. So the 10th principle of intuitive eating is gentle nutrition. And for me, I know post-op bariatric surgery, I really do need to prioritize protein. Um, I love protein anyway. It's actually not that hard for me once I get into the habit of doing it. And when I say every meal, I mean like my main meal. So not potentially not all snacks, but my three main meals a day, protein with every meal. Number four is daily affirmations in the mirror. Not something that I've really done before. Have friends that swear by it, decided, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it. I think that's just a key to success. Um, when I look at the, the habits of successful people, affirmations seem to be something that comes up quite often. So I've crafted 10 daily affirmations and I've put them up on the wall, share them another time. Number five is five serves of veggies per day. Um, so that's just, yeah, basically trying to have five serves of veggies across the day. Number six, three liters of water a day. To be honest, if I'm having all of the five serves of veggies and there's a whole lot of greasy, lean, green, green leafy vegetables in there I'm happy for that to sit around the two litre mark um, but that's yeah but most of the time three litres and I know that's achievable for me number seven no screen time an hour before bed I actually just want to read in that time but I, I put that because I knew then I would read anyway number eight restorative movement each morning so that is slow stuff so Yoga, stretch, breath work, maybe a walk. Just restorative types of movement. I want to start my day slowly, but I want to be really like intentional with some movement in the mornings. Number nine is to schedule 10 to 15 minutes of thinking time per day. So I find um, like creativity for me comes when I'm not thinking when I'm doing things like driving, like things that I'm focusing on, but then like my subconscious gets to start doing some thinking or my conscious, I don't know. Do you subconsciously drive? I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah. So I figure if I schedule 10 to 15 minutes of thinking time a day where I do absolutely nothing, maybe I just have a pen and a piece of paper to see what kind of comes out. Number 10, wake up between 6 and 7 each day. I would love that to be 6 a.m. every day, but having the babies and knowing that some nights my sleep can be severely impacted by them waking up, I don't want to commit to saying 6 o'clock when sometimes that extra hour of sleep, because their wake-up time is meant to be 7, is everything. So I'm saying between 6 and 7 hoping that eventually that will be six o'clock one day. Um, 11 will be time boxing, social media use, and 12 reading 10 pages of a non-fiction book daily. So that is my 12 habits for 2023. So 12 habits, 12 months. I've started 
obviously a number one, which is 20 plus minutes of movement each day. And I've done the last few days actually, all good, on a four days. Um, today's the first day that I haven't done it. It's, it's eight thirty now, <laughs> and I just went in and refilled my drink, and I'm kind of like, "Am I gonna get it done today? I don't know. We'll see." Anyway, there we go. A little bit of banter at the start there. Let's get into it. Chapter nine: Top Tips and Struggles. Here are a collection of my top tips I have for those considering or committed to weight loss surgery and some added tips for family and friends in the supporting space. Pre-op. Be prepared. Learn about the good, the bad and the ugly. Read all of your documentation your surgical team has given you and ask any questions. Please don't be ignorant. You need to know what you're getting into. Weight loss surgery isn't easy. It's just a different kind of hard. Tell people you trust who will support you. Get emotional support. Buy OptiFast products online, if that's what you have to buy. It's often 40 to 50% cheaper than in the pharmacy. Have a strong why. Begin to work on your emotional health. There is likely many reasons why you ended up going the weight loss surgery route and they won't disappear because your stomach is forced into a change. You need to work hard on your body, but harder on your mind. Take as many photos as you can, close on, close off, and from different angles and doing different things. It's shit to start with, but you can always delete them later, as opposed to wishing you'd taken them. Surgery day. Pack comfortable clothes, fitting PJs, slippers, and a robe. Take something nice to the hospital, like a new face cream or something, to make you feel good. Get moving as you are directed to. For me, it was every hour a walk around the ward. Don't expect miracles. You may feel like shit and it often gets worse before it gets better. You're pretty high on the first day from the morphine drip, so don't post on social media for a day or two. Post-op. Be prepared to feel like shit for 16 to four, for 6 to 14 days, sometimes longer. You will most likely have regrets and wonder why you did this, so they know they cannot reverse any of the physical physically altering surgeries. Try all the food you may be having before buying a whole lot of it, if buying... Eat from the same bowl plate all the time and make it a small one. Buy cute plates and bowls from op shops to fancy up your meals. Don't compare yourself to others. Listen to your surgical team, not your social media buddies. Rest, relax, and don't expect much from yourself. Your body is healing. Get help if you have small children. Have two weeks off work if possible to adjust to the new cycle of eating and drinking. Take the stool softeners until directed otherwise. Find ways to hydrate that work for you. I lift off herbal tea post-op. Spread your protein out across the day because the average person can only absorb so much protein, so much per 1.5 hours, approximately 20 grams. If you can, be honest and open about your journey with people and don't be ashamed to share your surgery with others. Back yourself and if people are assholes, ask yourself if they're the right people to be around. Following on from that, if you do choose not to share your weight loss surgery decision, at least be humble and don't pretend like someone, some miracle has happened and advertised to the world that diet has finally started to work. Up to 12 months post-op, find something other than weight loss surgery to focus on. It's it's not the be-all and end-all. Still don't compare yourself to others. Get help to work through your shit. See emotional support and pre-op. Find out how to feel good in your body. Be aware of addiction transfer. Don't force your ideas or new lifestyle onto other people. Talk between bites when out eating with people. It makes your food last longer while everyone is eating up. 
Order off the kids menu or entree when out. If ordering a bigger meal, ask for a takeaway container right from the start so you don't have to get one later. Or depending where you are, ask for it to be served in the takeaway container. Keep learning and growing. What you once thought was right might change for you and that's okay. Things change. Just embrace the next step and keep moving forward, living your current truth. Unfollow any accounts that make you feel less than. It's not about them, it's about you. If someone is celebrating a milestone or victory, don't comment on your story and hijack it to complain about what what isn't working for you. I.e. they lost two kilos this week and you comment saying you're gutted, you've been in a store for three weeks. Don't do it, never do it. It's my pet peeve. Don't get wrapped up in the weight loss surgery online world. It can be all-consuming. And while to begin with, it's great to see what you could be like in your future, make sure you find other people to aspire to be like because your life is changing and for many, your world is just opening up. Friends and family who are supporting others. Listen and be supportive. Research weight loss surgery. Show them you care by knowing what surgery they're having at that and that there are different surgery options. Keep your opinion to yourself. If you don't agree, if someone is confiding in you, that means they trust you and need your support. Be there, a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on. Don't force your ideas on them, including a miracle diet that your friend Becky just did to lose 30 kilos. Whatever you do, don't tell them they know what they need to do. Struggles post-op. May 18, 2020. The anxiety of having to tell people I made the decision to get surgery. It feels like announcing to the world you've hit rock bottom, like you're going to rehab, to the rehab version of weight loss. Optifast pre-op diet. This shit was hard. It was against my values around food, eating meal replacements nearly 100%, and also as a binge eater, a total struggle mentality. How people do that by choice, I will never know. Water intake. You can't understand the concept of tiny sips of water until you've been through it yourself. As a long time guzzler of water, this was surprisingly hard to grapple my head around, especially with a 30 minute wait either side of food. Eating too fast, too much too fast, drinking too quickly after eating. So painful. But sometimes your old binge brain tries to get you to have just one last bite of food. It takes a while to get used to the idea of leaving food on your plate and regularly at that. If you know, you know. Staying sober... Through lockdown and sober when in Bali for my 30th at two months post-op, it's been a struggle but a welcome one because it opened my eyes to a lot of behaviours I didn't like about myself before. Comparing myself to others. This is ongoing, getting better. Just yesterday I read a post on Facebook about someone being 10 weeks post-op and having lost 45 kilos in my brain straight away thinks, oh my God, I'm six months post-op and I've only lost 36. Stop, 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 stop. It never leads anywhere other than feeling less than. Poop, keep on top of that fibre. Whatever you're given from your doctors and water or there will be consequences of unkind nature. Constant adjustment to your 2.0. You may look different, but you also begin to think differently. And learning to listen to yourself and rewrite over all those beliefs you had before that didn't serve you takes time. It's a constant internal war to extinguish all of the negative things from the 1.0 version of yourself as you work towards becoming the person you want to be. There are many different cycles you go through and it's ongoing but very necessary. Reflections. Here are my biggest reflections from the past 12 months. 1. Food has been my medicine and I have been self-medicating to deal with trauma, pain and grief since I was a child. 2. You will be forced to deal with your shit, and if you don't choose to do it, you will never be free. You will never be truly happy. 3. Weight loss surgery is 99% a mental and emotional well-being journey. 4. Research, research, research. 
Go into this with your eyes wide open and be prepared for the worst. Five, expect change. Relationships, values, goals, purpose, work, your body and your mind. Six, be kind to yourself and have compassion. We're not always in the driver's seat and everything is not our fault. Seven, weight loss surgery is not the easier way out. It's just a different kind of hard. Eight, I didn't get to become 140 kilos for no reason. Nine, you don't have to be overweight to have the feeling I did it at 140 kilos or 97 kilos. 10. Oh, did I say eight? Nine. <laughs> 10. Losing weight won't automatically make you happy. 11. Support is vital to success. 12. Lean into your spirit. Listen to your body and trust that it will tell you the truth, always. 13. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. 14. Intuitive and mindful eating is the goal. Fuck diet culture. And 15. Visualize the version of yourself you're aspiring to be, always. Wow. As I said, that was a very short episode or short chapter. I'm wondering, I think I might actually just bundle in the next one too. Why not? It's just another 10 pages. So the next episode is, sorry, chapter is called Having a System to Support You. So this is chapter 10. Although some reflections, I'm actually reflections on that last chapter. Um, I liked the last things that I just said, the 15 things, 15 reflections in my first 12 months. Probably could carry those over till, till now. Um, there's not too much that I would change in there, except probably talking about the, the before and after photos. I wouldn't say take lots of photos of yourself. I wouldn't say that, but I see why people would, and I support people that do, but I wouldn't actively probably say that. I think that was my dog. Okay, chapter 10, having a, support, having a system to support you. People do not decide their future. They decide their habits, and it's their habits that decide their future. F.M. Alexander. This chapter is really a recap on some things I've already mentioned with some additional must-dos in my opinion. Determine how to measure your success. What is success to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? In the last chapter, we explored various different ways that you can measure success, and there will be more that relate to you individually. You can't succeed if you don't know what success looks like for you. Atomic Habits by James Clear. I can't stress how important it is to read or listen to this audiobook. Dietitian friend of mine says it's the one book she tells all of her clients that they ever need to read. You need to know who you want to be. Otherwise, your quest for change is like a boat without a rudder. James Clear, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits is about how to make good habits stick and how to break bad habits. Good habits are the ones that create positive results and bad habits are the ones that create negative results. The book goes into detail and breaks down the four laws to making a habit and the four laws to breaking one. My favorite tips from Atomic Habits is habit stacking. Check it out. Consistency. In lockdown, I decided to make the most of my free time and completed my level one precision nutrition coaching certification. With their tools and teachings, I learned how to coach people around basic nutrition principles. Precision nutrition has le three different levels of clients. Level one, most people. 
Level two athletes, people who are training for specific goals or performance reasons. And level three are people who need to look a certain way for their jobs, like models, actors, or bodybuilders. The difference between the levels is how much effort and consistency they need to put in to looking after their health and well-being. Most of us start trying to implement systems that turn us into level three sculpted beings, when in fact we are level one and don't need to be as rigid and strict on ourselves. The problem usually is we want results now which is what fuels trying to be super strict and following something to the letter. Precision nutrition research shows that it doesn't matter what diet you do, as long as you're consistent, you will get results. They studied various different ways of eating and how, and the results were clear. If the participant was consistent, they achieved positive results. How consistent they were was a factor. But unsurprisingly, the more consistent you were, the faster you reach your results. The truth was that even with 10% consistency, they saw results for the participant. This made me reflect on my usual all or nothing attitude. How many times have I told myself, if I didn't do it 100%, then I might as well give up or quit. It started out everything gung-ho, and as soon as I did something or ate something, I told myself I wasn't allowed. I would go off, off, off the rails, and I would feel so anxious that I'd fail, and then I'd just quit anyway. I thought, well, if I took the approach of even 10% effort is going to make changes, I wouldn't have just quit. I would have, wouldn't have expected 100% of myself and I would have been able to make small changes. I think about the 10 years before weight loss surgery, all the failed attempts at losing weight. And I imagine if I'd focused on one important well-being factor for each of those 10 years. In year one, I'd created an embedded sleep routine. Year two, I had begun to have protein with every meal, gradually building up from one meal to all meals across the 12 months. Year three, focus on 30 minutes of movement a day and so on. Imagine how much my wellness would have approved over that time. One of the approaches to meals that I like with precision nutrition is the 1821 principle. If we eat three meals a day and anywhere close to 18 are balanced, the other three meals aren't going to affect our goals. I tell this to people because I think they think all meals need to be perfect, but I like to think about taking opportunities to choose balanced meals when I can can and, tr and truly enjoying other meals that might not be what I consider balanced nutritionally when I have them because usually it's things like eating meals with friends or family. I make a conscious choice to eat a balance, as balanced as I can when I'm making my own meals at home because I can and then when I'm out meeting friends for lunch or having a shared dinner I don't worry about what I'm going to eat. That being said in a later journey I talk about my approach to undieting which is a core principle of which has a core principle of no restriction. So if I want something at home that I wouldn't class as balanced and I would eat it, but to be completely honest, once I told myself I could eat anything, started to tune into what my body wanted, I realized I don't want as much stuff as I think I do. So choosing to eat balanced meals I love without feeling like I'm missing out has become way easier. Precision Nutrition has a great infographic called The Cost of Getting Lean. It de demonstrates what you need to look to achieve to look a certain way. I like... It, and I think about it often because I think we might all want to look like the super toned athletes, but in reality, we don't want to sacrifice what they do to become what they are. This, there is a bit of a disconnect from reality here. Understand the, na the true nature of a journey. Our journey isn't linear. We don't just achieve, achieve, achieve every single week. And that's just not what the weight loss journey is like, is like. Things ebb and flow and we need to be prepared for that from the beginning. Taking a step back isn't a failure, it's normal. They say two steps forward and one step back. 
What matters is getting back up and moving forward again, but embrace the back steps. We need them to learn and grow. Think about what kind of mindset you have now. Do you look at a setback as a failure? Do you just try? Do you just not try because you were scared you won't succeed? That is a fixed mindset and detrimental to your journey. Do you see failure as an opportunity to learn? Do you take any opportunity that interests you because it's a chance to grow? That's a growth mindset and this is the best kind of mindset you have to level up. You can change your mindset if you have a fixed mindset. The first thing is to acknowledge you think this way and taking notice when you have these thoughts. I recommend reading Mindset by Carol Dweck, but there are probably a million different books on these kinds of things. Visualizing. I mentioned earlier the importance of visualizing. I wanted to detail how you can make it work for you further here. Reimagine and create the new you. Focus on what worked and set a new goal or target. Remember your logic brain will be mostly your foe and sometimes your friend. Be kind to yourself. Get super clear on how you want to feel and start to embed new emotions that align to the new version of what you desire to become. Affirm to yourself through your thoughts and words what you want clarity on. Be specific and have confidence that you can do this. Choose a small goal. Choose the emotion you desire to feel. Visualize a color that aligns with that. Get into the flow and do an affirmation. I have clarity. 2nd of December 2020. Take care of the small stresses in your life because you can control that and it will help you manage when your stress begins to mount, especially true this time of year. It doesn't matter how much training or what qualifications a person has, sometimes we don't recognise when we're struggling, so don't be afraid to ask your qualified friends if they are okay too. Talking to someone you trust about your thoughts and trauma you've experienced can change your world. Recruit a team and invest in yourself. 6 December 2019. This was me December 2017 on the exact day I decided that I was sick of feeling the way that I was and reached out to my wellbeing movement coach because I didn't know what else to do or where to go. We've been on a journey together and it's gone from strength to strength and so much has changed for me over the last three years. I'm a lot more in tune with my body and my health has improved tenfold since then. I'm a healthier version of myself today. Today I met with another new resource who I'm connecting with to help me through this part of my journey. Finding out what beliefs I hold deep down in my subconscious, helping me to let go of the negative energy I'm holding inside my body within past memories and experiences, and most importantly, guiding me to lean into my atua, my spirit, and lean and let my modi, my life force, flow free. I feel like I'm on a path to find that elusive thing I've felt like has been missing my whole life. Surround yourself with people that inspire you to be better, to do better. If you need expert help with something, get it. Don't waste time wondering what to do. Seek out the answers. No one can do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Post December 7, 2020. The other day in a self-coaching moment, I made myself write the following down. Sometimes it's easy to forget the things you do well. So this was my own reminder. You might not believe it, but I feel super uncomfortable talking about things I do well. I've definitely come a long way this year but it was having low self-esteem for most of my life that has made it a very awkward topic because I've spent a good part of my life believing I'm not good at anything and when I am, telling myself it's a fluke. Things I do well. Movement. Getting regular movement into my days and weeks. Journaling. Getting my feelings out via my Instagram account. Self-reflection. 
figuring out what serves me and what doesn't. Goal setting, setting goals and making plans to achieve them. Staying connected, seeing friends face-to-face to get exercise in. Learning, always searching for new knowledge, concepts, ideas and answers to questions. Empathy, a deep connection to others and helping them in the best way I can. May 22, 2020, lifestyle. I guess for me, lifestyle hasn't changed much, except for I can do a lot of things I used to want to do, or long to do, like running. I have more energy to do things with my kids than before. I just 100% didn't want to do. Things like walking to the park used to be, used to just bug me. Not because I was unfit, just because I always felt so uncomfortable. I was putting a lot of effort into lifestyle change for the last couple of years, and I'd done a lot of that work before surgery. I still do all the things I used to, meeting friends for lunch, coffee or a walk, playing sports. I guess one big change has been with the non-drinking. Less nights out, binge drinking, followed by days of eating shit food and being tired and feeling like a sack of crap. I don't miss that. Not one bit. Lockdown certainly gave me some time to think about what I want long term. Like being about to work, like, hmm being about working less and spending more time with the people I love. So I definitely have some goals in this space. I like the flexibility in life and my current job provides this, so for now it's all good. Overall, my lifestyle has improved for sure since weight loss surgery, but for me, it wasn't a huge change, only because I'd put in so much time and effort over the last few years. So that's the end of chapter 10. Or 11. (laughs) I've kind of like lost myself, but all of the, I liked all of the, all of the uh, advice in there actually, that was pretty good, that was a nice recap, Um, one of the things I will touch on is the visualisation, I still use that a lot, I don't think I'll ever not use that, Um, so visualising where I'm at, where I want to be, one of the Pretty much every single night when I go to bed, I do visualization to fall asleep and I visualize seeing myself as I want to be and having a conversation and and I've, at the moment it's even like the house that I want in the future. Um, I've detailed quite a bit in my head and I, I'm there and I see myself doing the things I want to be doing and it's um it's quite a good anchor to remind me of kind of like what I'm trying to achieve in life and where I'm trying to get I'm a huge believer in visualization definitely um so let me see oh yeah 30 minutes we can finish this episode off here um we are slowly coming to the end of this book I think I'm at like this is page 224 We've only got 25 pages left, so I think maybe there's only one more episode in this. Um, it's been so weird reflecting back on things that I've written, and I really don't, like, me now doesn't agree with a lot of the things that me two years ago wrote. And this part of me, I was sitting there thinking today, like, should I be sharing this stuff? You know, you can get so criticize for the things that we put out there these days on online and I'm like literally saving this shit to the internet 
is somebody going to listen to this and be like, oh God, what's this lady on about? And I don't even agree with what I'm saying anymore anyway. But I think in the spirit of sharing where I was at one year post-op first now, like I think even the original podcast that I did, uh, The Bariatric Grind, oh God, I don't even think I could go back and listen to, well, I know I couldn't go back and listen to the episodes because I don't like listening to myself, but there's probably a lot of stuff that we talked about there that I just do not agree with now in terms of things that I've said and opinions that I've had and ideas that I've had. But yeah, as I constantly bang on about as facts change, ideas change and experiences that we have, they shape us. And yeah, I'm not going to be embarrassed about what I said or wrote a year ago or two years ago. Well, maybe (laughs) it probably is some things I should be embarrassed about, but I'm not going to be because that's who I was then. And that's what I wrote. And if my thoughts and ideas have changed now, then I'm probably just proud of myself that they have, that I've obviously learned something in that time and that I think differently now. And I think that's just how it works for everyone. We don't all know everything and understand everything. The biggest thing for me, probably, I think I used to, at the start of this journey, look at things so black and white but I, you know, I was like very obsessed and fixated on weight loss and should be done a certain way, even though I wasn't following the guidelines that I was given. But like the end goal, end game was weight loss and being smaller and, you know, fitting in and being normal. But now, and then, you know, I had very high opinions, you know, like some of the, I think it was in this, in one of these chapters I talked about, you know, share with your family or tell everyone that you're having weight loss surgery or whatever. My opinions on that have kind of changed now. I'm kind of, I, I don't know, is it age? Is it just experience? But now I'm kind of like, well, who is it for me to tell people that they should share? It still is a pet peeve for me when people do have weight loss surgery and then be like, yeah, I just changed my like diet and exercise. Like, yeah, you did change your diet, but it's not, it wasn't, I still feel like it's misleading if you don't say it was a forced physical change that you had. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I don't feel as strongly as I did about it before because everybody has different reasons for doing, doing things. Um, One of the things that's just a, I guess a trigger for me is when people are looking for, what's it called? when people want to be acknowledged or they just want attention yet, they're kind of not giving the full context, I guess. That's what I'm, I think people just wanting attention in general is quite triggering for me um, because I don't like getting attention. So that's, you know, that's, some, that's things for me to unpack. <laughs> that's probably a whole other podcast in itself. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this one up here. So we got two chapters out of the way, chapter nine and 10. And uh, our next chapter Chapter 11 coming up is uh, Life Beyond Weight Loss Surgery. I cannot wait to see what I wrote about that. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.
As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Bariatric Yarns. We'd love to hear from you over on our Instagram at Bariatric Yarns. And our final reminders of today, take care of yourself, listen to your medical specialist and be respectful of others in the weight loss surgery community.